Hello and welcome to the Mr. All In podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten and as usual, I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you? I am just about getting over the weekend. Um, I am. My head went, my head was lost, but I think I'm somewhere in between regaining it again. How are you? Yeah, absolutely fine, mate. Thank you. Absolutely fine. One thing that I will touch on uh, before we jump into the episode is um, I'd like to say a special thanks to Nottingham Forest for sending me a uh, what feels like a 65 pence scarf that I will never wear because it says my forest on it rather than just forest. I really appreciate you charging me £3.50 for the packaging it was sent in. Um, yeah, you could have done a lot fucking better than uh, a scarf and a, and a piece of plastic card. Yeah, uh, rubbish. For everyone's membership stuff. Absolutely abysmal. If you ask me, you can see it on my screen there. It's hung up. Rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. I opened it and I actually thought ah, I'd rather have paid another three pound fifty not not to bother. Um, yes. Yeah. I wish there was an opt out. Yeah. Just if you're gonna build something as premium, make it premium. Um, yeah. Supposed to get yeah. exclusive discounts. Supposed to get ticket news in advance, which we never get. Evident by yesterday, the Brighton tickets going on sale at two o'clock with about two hours notice. Yep. The scarf itself is pants because, like you say, it says my forest, not forest. I'm not a supporter of the membership scheme. I'm a supporter of the club. Uh, that's this has gone negative very quickly, but it's yeah. just not a big club mentality. We can do better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, onto a super also, positive. Sorry. Go on. It's really late. It's October. Eh? Think of all the matches it could have been to, my mate. Think of all the matches it could have been to, eh? This is my forest. I want it earlier. Anyway, moving on. And it's kicking the teeth for you as well, because you can't. You wouldn't even be able to fold it over, would you, with you? I can, li- I can lift well. my arm now. I'm getting there. You lift it, can you? I can. <laughs> Coming to a gym near you. <laughs> Maybe not. Next. <laughs> Uh, onto a huge positive thank you all so much we've, we've now got over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube which we've we've had a number of voice notes between us um, in the in the past week or so since it's happened and it's each time it's, it gets more and more unreal I think that we've got 1,000 people waiting to listen to us talk in our opinion absolute nonsense about the club that we love so thank you all very much yep thank you Cool. So we're going to tackle this difficult subject of Luton Town at home bit by bit, because I think if we just dive in, we'll get sidetracked and we won't discuss all the parts or the, the, the sum of the parts, as it were. So let's talk uh, the starting 11, JJ. I think it's probably more towards what you suggested, wasn't it, rather than what I suggested, because it was certainly, mm-hmm. certainly with the, the kind of the, the formation anyway. Um, it was nice to see that Aurier wasn't injured. Um, despite reports and having played both games for uh, Ivory Coast, shame about Montiel being injured as the backup. Um, but I think uh, other than that, it was probably pretty much as expected, apart from maybe Callum Hudson Odoi. Yes, no Origi. I think in my starting yeah. X one, I had Origi as coming in for what? No. Um, no him, no Hudson Odoi. As you've said, the ones that are already missing, no Tyro as well. So I think it was largely to be expected, but the because of the lack of Hudson Adoy and Origi, it felt very lacking from a what would end up being our downfall. But if we need to make any changes from the bench, we're not in a position to make any attacking changes. Um yeah. so the actual starting eleven I was completely fine with. All made sense. No one was really, you know, 
apart from Wood, but if we've got no other option, it doesn't matter. All made sense to me. You could argue, actually, Turner should have been dropped, but willing to give Cooper the benefit of the doubt and just stick with this X1, and I thought it would have enough to pick up the three points. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely the same. Um, I probably would have preferred the back five, but I think with the number of changes and things like that we've had to make recently, I, I completely get why I stuck with the, the 4-3-3. Um, so on, on to the kind of the first half performance, I think there's a common theme of, of kind of missed chances. I think we, 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 were, we were playing pretty well. Um, obviously, they had a bit of a threat on the counter-attack. Um, it's nice to see us keeping hold of the ball and, and trying things. Chris Wood missed a, a, a number of chances. Uh, and obviously, Sangari missed a, what, what is, I, I probably can't call it quite an open goal, but it's probably one of those where you kind of go in, it's 90% got to go in. Um, but apart from, apart from the fact it was nil-nil, I think it was a pretty, pretty positive first half. Positive. It wasn't brilliant. Like, no. it certainly wasn't brilliant, but we'd done enough to have the chances of the half. We were the better side, just about, I think. We were playing some nice, flowing football, I would say, mm-hmm. at times. Things were starting to click. Things were starting to work. It's just, and I feel like I say this a lot about first at the minute, but that lack of cutting edge or being clinical when it matters, it felt like was costing us. I think Chris Wood had a number of chances, but there was one in particular towards the end of the first half. I think it was an additional time that he just should have scored. Um, and Sangare's fluff, there's, that's, there's no should have scored about it. That just has to go in. Um, so it was definitely, I would say it was a positive first half, slightly frustrating in a sense, because you just think we should have put this game to bed already at this point. We have, we have had the chances. Um, but I think I've seen enough that in the second half we can break them down, um, and eventually put the ball in the back of the net and just hold on to the lead and take the three points home. So I'd seen enough, um, I was happy with how it was going. I was happy of the the glimpses of quality we were seeing in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a a real key. I mean, it could have been very easy to go crikey. We're, we're you know we, we all know the score. What's going to happen here? We've got a nil nil at half time with Luton, but I think on a, on a super positive, you know, we, we're still creating chances, and I think that's that's a that's a key part. If you're creating chances, eventually you will score. It might not feel like it at times, but yeah, I think I think a. I keep, where the game's not going your way, if you're still creating chances, you've still got, you're still in it. And, and we were definitely creating chances, which was good to see. It was more front foot football, which yes. Forrest, uh, recent, like last season and recent home games, we haven't typically been as front foot and attacking. Uh, we've typically sat back and just not allowed any possession for ourselves. So I think we're in transition and I think there are some good glimpses of Forrest being on the front foot which you would imagine should be the case at home against Luton. But still, there are some glimpses of it, which is a positive for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Which brings us into the second half, which I think, so you've written in our notes that it's a tale of two parts. I think it's absolutely correct. It's weird because it's more like a tale of kind of two parts, but one part is kind of 80% and the other part's 20% of it. Um, You know, we've come out, Chris Woods has scored what I can only describe as a fantastic goal. Um, every part of it was just brilliant to see, um, especially especially his finish, um, which I'm not going to lie, I didn't I didn't know he had in his locker. Um, 
but yeah, it was just, it just, you couldn't have asked for a better start to the second half, could you? No. Um, I was very frustrated at Chris Wood at halftime because he had a lot of chances that he should have scored. So it was nice to see him put it away. I would say he'd shut me up when he scored it and when he scored the second, which we'll touch upon in a minute. But I still don't think he's convinced me despite scoring two because those two, I think, could have been about six. Um, But nonetheless, if we're talking specifically about this goal, great finish and nice to see Gibbs White and Alanga a key part of the build-up for it. Yeah. Shows that, you know, our attacking three are working together. Um, So, yeah, great finish. Good goal. Good start. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I think it's fair to say we, we only kind of grew into the second half from that point. Um, Chris Woods then scores a, a great flick of a header, um, another Elanga assist, which is which is just wonderful to see, especially when you consider that someone like Callum Hudson-Odoi is injured and going to be out for a few weeks. Um, but this is kind of where the tide started turning, isn't it, JJ? Yeah. <clears throat> Before... Before he scored his second, there was still another chance he should have scored. Mm. Keyword being Sorry, should. Yeah, um, and that Chris Wood should have scored is a appears on a number of post-match reports for a number of occasions. Um, nonetheless, good goal, happy days, 2-0 up, comfortable. Now, now, you, you mentioned it being in sort of two parts. And if you're familiar with the phrase, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the first part is good and the second part of this is just the bad and the ugly in in one Uh, because from here it just went wrong and watching it live they cut to Cooper's reaction to the goal going in and the first thing he did was turn around and go like that to the bench he's like let's make the change now which I thought was interesting I thought let's just settle it a little bit get to grips with the two goal lead maybe in few minutes make a few changes just to see this through he did it immediately so to him in my opinion he's considered the game done the game won I, I think I think I think sorry I think anybody at that point at home against that opposition with that lead would have would have felt the same possibly but this is Nottingham Forest so as fans we know we're unable to feel the same <laughs> I had a bet that included Nottingham Forest that I cashed out on because I knew where this was going. I think if you're going to make the decision to make three changes directly after going two up and they involve disrupting two members of midfield, which were working well together and taking off a centre-back, that to me is going to disrupt the team quite a lot, quite a significant amount. And it ended up doing it. And hindsight is a fantastic thing. Everyone's an expert with hindsight. But from that second goal, the game management, the substitutions, a few performances from the players were just all bad and ugly. Yeah, so so to, just to confirm then, so he takes Willie Bolly off for Joe Worrell, uh, Nico Dominguez for Ryan Yates and Ibrahima Sangare for Sheku Kuate in the 78th minute, so two minutes after the goal. Um, I agree with your sentiment, JJ. I think we should have left it an- another couple of minutes that the game die down again. Obviously, they're always gonna they're always gonna try and try and have a fight back, aren't they? Immediately, maybe kill the game off for another couple of minutes. But I don't necessarily think that you know going two 0 up at home against that opposition, any red flag should be should be raised when we make you know a number of substitutions. You look at Sangare; he's played two games for Ivory Coast, flown. 
flown to, you know, I can't, I, I'm not going to say whether, whether they were at home or away. So he's flown to another continent, played two games, flown back. Um, I absolutely see no issue with that substitution at that point in the game. Um, Bolly, I presume he was in the Ivory Coast squad, but I could be wrong. He didn't um, play. But, you know, he didn't play. But also, you know, has flown has flown away, has flown back, uh, is quite injury prone, is 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 getting on in his career. So I, I don't see particularly an issue with this substitution. Dominguez is probably the one where I've raised a bit of an eyebrow. I think you're breaking up that midfield three, infield three, uh, probably a bit too much. Uh, he didn't go, he wasn't in the Argentina squad, was he? Um, but, you know, I, I also, there's, 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 you know, there's a reason for it, isn't there? Somewhere, um, I, I just think so. Fucking what? If they're on international break, so what? Like, it doesn't make sense to disrupt the midfield like that. Two, I think Sangari wasn't as effective as he could be, but Sangari and Dominguez in disrupting that for two of them just does not make sense for me. I don't, yeah, like you said, Dominguez didn't go, so you can't yeah. use that as an excuse here. Willy Bolly is alongside Murillo a key part of our central defence. I get he's been on the flight. I still think he could have given a few more minutes to let the game settle down. Um, I just think it's so much disruption in such a, in one fell swoop. And I do like Worrell. I do love Worrell, but why not near Carter? I know the last game he played, he made a mistake and got sent off, but I would still put him ahead of Worrell in the pecking order personally. <laughs> Um, I mean, just just thinking about just thinking about that footballing wise, I think it could, possibly could be balanced because I know Murillo is left footed, isn't he? So he's he's that left centre back. You know, we'll, I'm I'm not necessarily clutching at straws. I'm just thinking of reasonings why you would probably go if Murillo needed to come off, it'd be near Carte coming on. If Bolly needs to come off, it would be Warrell coming on. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's 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 literally um, Gildias Norwich substitution, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, those guys have come on. Um, and then obviously, Sir Jorier's um, had a, a I, th- I don't know what you describe it as. I don't, I don't, I, I've watched it back a number of times. I still don't really know what he's trying to do. Um, it's almost like the players hit the ball quicker than he thought he would, they, they, were, he would, they were going to. Because um, his delayed reaction is just, it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know how to describe. I really don't know how to describe it. It's like yeah. it's utter, it's utterly bizarre what what he does in that situation. Yeah. It's like he does nothing but everything all at once by trying to do everything all at once, going for it, leaving it, slipping, not slipping. He does nothing, and it's just so yeah. bizarre the action that arises at the end of it that it just looks clumsy. It looks ugly. It looks bad, um, and it gifts them away back into the game. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't remember this, but I've seen people say that Gibbs White gave away a needless free kick just ahead of this. So it was a needlessly late challenge on Barkley that led to this free kick. You could go back all the time. This is where the blame game starts to get a bit messy because we're pointing a finger at, at Aurier. Could Turner have done better? Could the person picking up the player in the box do better? Could Gibbs White not have made that challenge could Cooper not have made these substitutions? This is where it all gets very messy. Um, yeah. It's a collection of errors and it's a calamity, but it gifted them uh, a way back into the game. I, I think for me, if it was a case of 
uh, Morgan Gibbs White has tried to tackle the player and he's gone and they've skipped past him and then he's put the ball in and that's happened, then yes, you can blame Morgan Gibbs White. Morgan Gibbs White does probably give away a needless free kick, but we're still given an opportunity to defend it, aren't we? I, I'm not, and, I, I'm not and, saying and looking at it, it's a very easy opportunity to defend it. Maybe because the ball bounces before Ari, doesn't it? It skids over his head. I'm wondering if he if he's caught out by the poor delivery in, but I don't know, poor delivery in just means it's easier to defend to me. I'm not I'm not saying that Gibbs White's at fault here. I'm just saying you can no, point no, you yeah, can yeah, point yeah, no. a finger in multiple places, regardless, the whole thing is just a calamity of errors. Yeah, I I think yeah, I, I completely agree. I just I, I'm I'm saying I definitely wouldn't blame Morgan Gibbs White. I think it's we're given an opportunity to defend it. Like I say, if 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 somebody skips past him and he doesn't really try and challenge and then they put the ball in, then sure. But yeah, yeah, we're given more than we're given ample opportunity to rectify that situation we're in. It's absolutely, it's not, and we're given yeah. ample opportunity to hold on to the lead and still go away two yeah. one victors. So, yeah. to what happens next again? Calamity. So then, so then. Two more changes are made. So Aurier goes off. I don't think after that error, anyone can argue, you know, he's, he's played both games for Ivory Coast. He's flown away, he's flown back. He's made an error. Let's get him off the pitch so he doesn't make another one. I don't think anyone can argue with that substitution. Uh, the other one that's made at that point is Anthony Langer for Nico Williams. Um, looks more to me like it's it's a, it's a because um, Nico did it a couple of times, didn't he, last season where he's come on as like a defensive winger, almost, where he's just there to close close their, their fullbacks down to stop them progressing rather than rather than being any kind of attacking threat. Um, so yeah, those changes they made in the 88th minute, which is followed by a 92nd minute equaliser, isn't it, JJ? Yeah, I don't think Ori did play the two games for Ivory Coast um, okay. because he was injured or had a knock. So I don't think he did actually well, yeah, play. Be everything. Sorry, yeah, yeah. You may, he did play and he got a knock, didn't he? So, you know, but, there is that to consider as well. But you look at the state of our defence after these substitutions. You've got two fullbacks being brought in. You've got a different central defender and you've got a different midfield. That is a lot of change to make. And I feel like with Cooper, typically you get substitutions largely right. If anything, doesn't make too many changes in a game and you'd say, oh, we could have made a few more. This time, I think he made too many and I think completely disrupted us. But the equaliser, fucking, it, sorry, I didn't mean to swear. It's just shocking. Absolutely shocking. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people are, it, it's a weird, you know, you know, social media and, and uh, X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it at the minute, is a particularly toxic wasteland, isn't it, for this kind of thing. But I, for me personally, watching that goal, it, it's only Joe Wall's fault. And this isn't a, attack Joe Worrell situation it's a he you know I don't know how he's trying to defend this he did you know it'd been easier to swallow if he if he just dragged him to the floor and given away a penalty but he's you know he's marking him but he's not marking him he's got hold of him but he's not got hold of him all of a sudden the player's passed him somehow and it's rattled into the back of the net with a great finish I, I just I don't really understand what he's trying to achieve. And especially when you know how good Joe Worrell can be. You look at that Chelsea game, you know, we look at games of the past, but if, if repeatedly this kind of thing keeps happening with him, it can't be long before he's not considered for the pitch, can it? No. And I think the frustrating thing is we know he's got it in his locker because we've seen it yeah. at Chelsea. I regardless of what anyone thinks about Worrell, whether you think he's championship quality, whether you think he's Premier League quality, 
that conceding that goal and his defensive error in that was fundamentally poor and not good enough. Yep. Regardless of your stance on is he Championship, is he Premier League? I think he exists as both. We've seen him as both multiple times. We know he's Premier League quality and we've seen it. And at Chelsea, how many plaudits was he given for commanding mm-hmm. that performance despite difficult personal issues? He has it in him and that's more frustrating when things like this seem to keep happening because yeah. there's, there isn't really an excuse for it. It is just poor and it's an error that is unforced and it's such a shame and it's quite sad to see. He is a club captain. He is forest through and through. But these things keep happening. Like you say, it's only a matter of time before you have to question why is he continuously brought in? Um, yeah. Murillo I mean, is 21 and has shown a lot of progression early on to sort of disrupt Worrell's position. At one point, I think when Worrell's head was in his hands as a club captain, Murillo went over and picked him up. That's yeah. a concerning place to be in as a club captain and a player. And I, I, there's, we all know there's a lot going on in his personal life at the minute. Yesterday, his uncle, it was his uncle's funeral. There's a lot going on. Is it the right time to play him? We never know a player's mindset. I think he might need a bit of time out of the squad and not being brought on in this situation. Because you look at someone like Harry Maguire, I keep I feel like he keeps being put in positions where he's destined to make errors. Um, but it gets a lot of flack online and it can get to someone. He seems like a strong character. But anyway, I'm waffling. But the point is, it was poor and it was an error. But we know he's got it in him. And this isn't entirely his fault that we lost. A collection of errors previously, substitutions, REA, blah, 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 all led to this. Isn't just Worrell. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think for me with Joe Worrell, I think he's, he, he's not the kind of player that can come on and affect a game properly. I think he's one of those ones that he, he needs to play week in, week out, a full 90 minutes to, to get the best out of him. Do I think that's going to happen with us no, we've got better players than him that have proven it repeatedly. Um, I just I, he, he just doesn't feel very effective when he comes on. Um, what that means for his future at Forest, I I I, I don't know. I don't want to say he needs to leave or anything like that. I just I'm struggling to see when he's going to get back into the first team. And I think when he's in the first team, when you get the best out of him, it's just if that best is the standard that we 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 need we need to be. Um, the consistency isn't it if he played yeah, like he did against yeah. Chelsea every week it's a no brainer yeah but does he does he need that extra motivation which isn't going to be there every week obviously well, I mean thankfully isn't going to be there every week but it's um, he, he certainly that, that, I mean we keep pointing about that game against Chelsea but that was a that was a different Joe Worrell to what we've we've seen for a long time um, and you know and there's no shame in not being at the standard of the Premier League it's, it's the best league in the world isn't it yeah, but the at, at what point do you question the manager's loyalty to the club captain and just think, it, yeah, cool, get some minutes in him. Is this the right time? And in yeah. hindsight, no. No. Cool. Okay, so we're going to have a, a... I think we're both going to kind of display each side of the coin, I suppose, but w- where do you stand on the on the, the Cooper substitutions? And, and, and we're seeing a lot of... I don't want to say necessarily Cooper out brigade on social media, but I think we're seeing a lot of this one's on Cooper. Where do you, where do you stand on that, JJ? 
Uh, it's fucking difficult. I love Steve Cooper and I'm forever Cooper in. And I still think he is the right person for this job and the best person to lead us forward. And he continuously progresses and learns every year. Give him time to bed in this squad. He's the right person. That does not mean he's not up for criticism where it's due. And I, the Cooper Out Brigade existed before this anyway. And they're using this as leverage to say Cooper Out because they think it makes their point brilliantly, which I don't think it does. There are some people out there that are extremely positive and pro-Cooper who seem to believe he's devoid of criticism. And I can see why they think that way. I can see why they're so loyal to him. But I think you can have elements of both here where you are pro-Cooper and are a massive fan of his, but can criticise him where he's made an error. And I personally would say that he made an error with these substitutions, being at the wrong time, the wrong personnel that ended up disrupting uh, our 11 on the field and ultimately lost us a two-goal advantage at home. And we took a point away rather than three points. I think he is he should have criticism for that. However, I don't think it's the reason we lost. I think it's one element to quite a few that are the reason that we lost. But I can see why he's had more flack and had more criticism than he typically would from people that aren't completely Cooper out. Yeah, I, I mean, for, for me personally, I, I so I'm probably the other side of the coin in that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll state on the record, neither of us are Cooper out by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think there have been times where his substitutions have been the one thing that really lets him down. I, I actually don't think this is one of those occasions. If you look at, so I, I've already stated, I think the Dominguez one was probably the one that was wrong for me. Um, but, you know, you have to take into account international breaks. You have to take into account people's personal lives, what's gone on in the training field. You know, if he knows there's a reason why Dominguez can only play 78 minutes, you know, we, we, we don't know that, um, you know, he, he can't attest, he can't, he, he can't, he can't leave Sergio on the pitcher after 78 minutes and go, I know he's going to make a mistake, but I'm going to leave him on anyway to appease everyone. You just can't know that. Um, he can't bring Joe Worrell on for a tiring Willy Bolly and go, I'm going to bring Joe on, but I know he's going to make a mistake in the 92nd minute. It's, 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 it's not like that. So where I think that Cooper can and should have been criticised in the past for his substitutions, I actually don't think this is the occasion to do it on. Um, but by, by those, making these substitutions, you are gifting the players a chance, a better chance of making a mistake if you disrupt the squad and leave it unbalanced. If you leave tired players, if you leave tired players on the pitch, you're creating a greater chance of them making a mistake. Fine, yeah, fair. <laughs> so this, 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 but this is the conversation that Twitter doesn't seem to be able to have, where people aren't calling each other every name under the sun. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's. Uh, I, I just personally understand it from the the, the prospect, the, the point of going. You know, Willy Bolly's travelled, doing all that travelling. He's, you know, if he's not fresh, is he is he going to make a mistake that causes a goal? You know, and it's the it's the it's the flip of the coin that the manager makes. That's why the book stops with them. That's why, you know, managers get sacked and not players, isn't it? But yeah, I, I just, I you, f- don't, you don't you don't you don't make you don't make the decision to leave Aurier on at seventy eight, knowing thinking that he's going to make a mistake. You don't bring make the decision to bring Warren on on seventy eight, and thinking that he's going to make a mistake in the ninety second minute. Do you? obviously, but I think the the right answer lies somewhere in between both of not keeping tired players on 
not making too many changes and just I don't know. It's it's a, it's a difficult one because I think all angles are probably right. So as a manager, as a manager, if he makes these changes and these mistakes don't happen, and we walk away two 0 up, happy days. It's a two 0 up and should have been six. But hindsight, and I think the overall disappointment of coming away with just one point and throwing away a two goal lead against weak opposition, which I don't think they're entirely weak because I think they gave a good credit to themselves, um, reminded me of us a little bit last season. Not so much away, but <laughs> there you go. Um, but the overall disappointment and the fucking the big hit of being gutted that you've thrown it all away makes you you point the finger then, you point the finger of blame and he's got it. Again, I will stand on I don't think it's him, I think it's multiple things that just create one horrible mess. Um but he's gonna pick up the criticism and he's gonna get it because he's a manager. So I think it's a difficult one to predict and he at one point we were five minutes away from being in ninth place. And now we're 15th. If we walked away 2-0 winners and we're in ninth place, he's the greatest manager in the world. <laughs> a few mistakes from other people's, he's the worst. It's a horrible flip of the coin of how people were feeling. Obviously, you've got your side, I've got my side. I think the correct answer probably lies somewhere in between, but yeah, Twitter I, I think- isn't always a... Most sensible place for us. It's a cesspit, isn't it? It's an absolute cesspit most of the time. I think the point I want to make to round this Luton conversation off is that you know we could have been ninth, and that is that is absolutely true. Um, I think given what else happened at the rest of the rest of the weekend, I think we probably would have been eleventh. So jumping up four uh, yeah, places at, at the time, but, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, I was just just saying, just looking at literally just looking at the table right now. We are just as close to a Europa League spot right now as we are to the relegation zone, and we're in 15th. I think that tells you everything about the league this season. I think it tells you that maybe some people on Twitter need to calm down. Right. I. It's annoying because you've stolen my point because I was going to say the exact <laughs> same thing. But <laughs> you say that, but... I do think that Maranakas is going to start getting very frustrated with Steve Cooper if he keeps getting these points and not beating what he believes to be opposition we should be beating. You look ahead at our next four games, and you called me dramatic for saying this, I cannot see where our next point comes from until Everton. That's got to leave Cooper in some form of hot water, especially if the tide's starting to turn. Only a tiny bit. It, we're, we're, so Steve Cooper's in hot water if you consider that you know are we are we expected to get anything from Liverpool away don't ask my opinion you know what no, no, I no, think no, I'm, just, I'm just saying like in, in general not your opinion but in general are we expected to get anything from Liverpool away no uh, I think we'll get a point at Villa at home we did last season but Villa are Villa probably the most right now. team in the league Villa, Villa are yeah. on fire so I would say we're not expected to get anything Okay. Uh, West Ham away. Again, on fire. They played great against Villa. The scoreline reflected poorly on them, but they look a much better side than they have last season. Yep. Um, Brighton at home. Not a chance. Same reasons as above. They look great. Okay. So we're not, we're not, we're not expected to get anything. So what does it make a difference if we don't? I know that and you know that. (laughs) 
That's not the point I'm making. We both know that the fan base and the ownership, after so many games, if we don't pick any points up, which we might, we might do and everything's forgiven, but you can't deny or can't argue that with no points in that, there's going to be a section of the fan base that's going to look at it, not like we've just done and think, well, actually, this, this and this. They're going to look at it and think there's no points. The owner's going to look at the same and we'll be in trouble and it will be a very bad thing for the club, I think, if Cooper goes. I'm not saying I think it. I'm not saying you think it. I'm just saying you can't deny that there is an element of trouble in his position, as there always has been and always will be. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I, but I, I, I think it's not only a Steve Cooper thing. I think it's a, any football manager thing. Um, I personally think we'll come out with two points out of those four matches. I don't know which ones we'll get the points at. Um, you know, but that, that's just that's just my opinion on those games. Uh, we look at December. I think December realistically, there's four winnable games. We've got Everton, Fulham, Wolves, Bournemouth. Um, you know, we're always good against big opposition. We've got Spurs, United, and Newcastle. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, you know, you know, what I'm like for glass glass half full, mate. It's it's overfilling, it's overflowing, isn't it? So I just think that we're. Yeah, yeah. I just, but yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. If we do lose all four of those games, it doesn't look great, does it? Doesn't look great. But I, I, I think I'm just concerned that we'll make the wrong decision. Um, yeah, and I think I'm continuously concerned about that, regardless. Um, but that's just the way it is, isn't it, in football? It is. Which leads us on to a a hooly wooly of a, a of a game, which is Liverpool away at Anfield, which is Sunday the twentieth. So this Sunday coming. Um, you know, it's it's a it's, it's another game that makes you pinch yourself to th- to realize we're we're again in the Premier League, isn't it? Let's let's not lose sight of where, where we are. Um, Liverpool are in a bit of form, aren't they? At the minute, um, not maybe not necessarily playing that well, but but getting the points, which is which is you know what the the Alex Ferguson type thing, isn't it? Always. Um, I th- oh God, JJ. J- J- uh, I think it'll probably be 3-1 Liverpool. How about you? Well, um, I, th- I think Liverpool are not playing great, as you've said. And Liverpool was the start of a renaissance last season. Mm-hmm. Is renaissance resurgence maybe the better word? Um, start of a resurgence last season where we played well at Anfield. I think we lost 3-2, but I might be making that up. Correct. That is right. Um, so... We can play well against Liverpool. I'm not entirely sure they're playing any better than they did last season, but they're picking up the points. Uh, I think there are elements of their game where we can go at them, but I think it'll be difficult to do that. Um, the quality they've got uh, in midfield and attack, I think, ends up them being the eventual winners. But I think all we can do is not let the Luton game disrupt us as much as it could play the same way that we've played in recent away fixtures and play how we know we can play and just be a bit of a difficult opposition for them. And I think we've got a, a fairly good chance of coming away with a point. Absolutely. But yeah, we'll, yeah but agree more. my prediction is we'll lose. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm taking into account that it is a possibility. Um, I just wanted to say... You got off that fence. <laughs> don't... <laughs> Don't completely rule us out. You never know. However, I'm ruling us out. We're going to lose. So I'm going to go 2-0 Liverpool uh, with okay. a spirited performance. And I'll be honest, I'll take it because I expect 
nothing less than losing away at Anfield because it's a difficult place to go and they've got people like Mo Salah. So, yes, they do. Absolutely. So, uh, I think that concludes everything for this week, JJ. Yes, just about. Just about. Just about. So, if you listen for the first time, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And if you've come back again and again and again and again and again, we love you. Please keep coming. Please keep subscribing. Keep your, keep your head up. It's not that bad. Keep your head up. Cooper in. Yes. Yes. <laughs>